Hello, my name is Pez and welcome to the eighth episode of One Name at a Time. I'm joined here by Ben. Hello. And our topic this week is Yugoslavia. But um, yeah, that country doesn't exist anymore. So uh, <laughs> we're going to try and uh, work out what a potential uh, current Yugoslavian team would be uh, from Premier League players. So that's pl- players who have played for Serbia, Montenegro, Croatia, Bosnia-Herzegovina, Slovenia, North Macedonia or Kosovo. Uh, I think that's currently how the uh, former Yugoslav Republic is split up at the moment. Uh, there may be others coming along soon. Um, so yeah, we're doing the, the usual thing, looking at players who have um, played in the Premier League. They necessarily have to be good in the Premier League, but just playing there helps. Uh, we're going to put them into a starting 11 of a, a 4-4-2, being a Premier League. Uh, obviously, some of these players may not have actually played for Yugoslavia itself. Uh, the more recent ones definitely won't have done. So as long as they've played for or are eligible to play for uh, the, the nations that I just mentioned, they'll uh, get included in this team. Uh, we get subs bench as well, so a, a goalkeeper, a defender, a midfielder and a forward uh, to make up a, a full squad. And uh, if that's everything, then uh, I'll hand over to Ben to be our first choice for the goalkeeper. Yeah, so um, goalkeepers this week, a bit like last week, I think, where for Portugal we didn't have a lot of options. <laughs> Maybe there are some ones that you're going to pull out like from like the early days of the Premier League that I don't remember, but I couldn't think of that many options. But thankfully, actually, I think both the options I had were quite good. Um, one was significantly better in the Premier League. And I think generally at sort of uh, the higher levels of European football. Um, so that is the one I went for. And that's Asmir Begovic. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Um, who uh, is Bosnian. Um, and has made 61 caps uh, for the Bosnian national team. Uh, he has played at a World Cup for them. Um, most well-known to us Premier League fans anyway, but probably in general, uh, for a spell at Stoke City where he made 172 appearances and did score one goal. And I think it was one of those really comical long-range ones that like <laughs> bounced over the goalkeeper. I'm going to say it was against Ben Foster. It may not have been, but most of these goals are against Ben Foster, let's face it. Um, <laughs> But yeah, during that spell, he was, we spoke a bit about um, sort of maybe like a tiered system of like the best goalkeepers in the Premier League last year with, last year? Jesus. <laughs> last week. <laughs> Feels like it. <laughs> Lockdown's got me like going completely mad. Um, last week, we spoke about how like uh, Patricio probably isn't in that very top tier of Premier League goalkeepers, but he's still, you know, probably the tier below. Um, I'd say Begovic is probably about that. He was never like... Uh, you know, Allison or Edison or De Gea or, you know, going back further, like Van der Sar, Czech level. But he was a really, really good goalkeeper. Um, I remember him making some absolutely fantastic saves. Always seemed to have quite good distribution. Um, really good, strong presence in the box, which you'd expect considering he was playing at Stoke, who obviously were a really physical, um, physical team back in the day. Um, and he did, his performances were good enough that he was linked with a number of the top sides and did eventually join Chelsea. Okay, he was, you know, he was their backup uh, for that time. But, you know, he did play a couple, he did play quite a lot for them. So, yeah, you know, I think he's currently on loan from Bournemouth at Milan. So I, I think he's back up there to Donnarumma. But, um, mm. yeah, a, a very good goalkeeper at Premier League level. Um Clearly, a pretty consistent international level as well. So, in a week where there weren't an abundance of options in this position, 
I thought he was probably the best option and a pretty good one at that. Yeah, yeah, I mean, he, he was a standout for me. Um, like you said, there weren't a huge amount of options, but of the ones that we did have to pick from, he was head and shoulders above them, maybe in height as well, because he was pretty damn tall. Pogba played for Stokes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, played for Stokes, he had to be. Um, yeah, you, you mentioned that uh, goal that he scored. I think <laughs> I think I remember watching, I think it was the um, you know live BBC live score thing, um, and it came up because it was like a really early goal. It was on like the first 20 seconds of the match or something. And it came up on, on the score to say, like, oh, Begovic just scored. So I thought, oh, he scored an own goal. It's like, nope, he scores an actual goal. <laughs> I'm <laughs> just, not sure it was against. Ridiculous moment. <laughs> but I can't remember who it was against. Yeah, it, yeah, it was just one of those ones that you just long clearance upfield and it just kept carrying. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it, yeah, there was um, the other one who really came close for me. And I think that was purely just by the number of caps, because I don't really remember him that much, mm. um, is Vladimir Stojkovic. Yeah, uh, that was the other option. Serbian. Yeah, I think he may have been part of the, the, the like, Serbia and maybe Serbia-Montenegro squad for, like, the like, 2006 World Cup. Um, I th- I'm pretty sure they qualified for that. Um, so he was maybe, like, their, their first choice there. But I, I really don't remember him being in the Premier League at all. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that, like... Begovic for me was, was the standout purely on that knowledge of, of see, seeing him play. I mean, I, I, you know, I, I have done for, for other squads picked players that I've not, not seen play regularly. Um, they've gone on like highlights and stuff, but um, yeah, I, I don't think I could really justify Stojkovic over, over Begovic here, uh, nor could I justify Sasha Illich, who was the, I think he was the only other goalkeeper I could find who um, actually like played a decent amount in the Premier League like like had appearances basically um, yeah the, the Beg- Begovic was, was the, the option for, for basically everything you, you mentioned there um, I think he won the Premier League when he went to Chelsea as well which even as a backup is uh, a pretty pretty decent achievement yeah I mean uh, Stojkovic was I didn't have Illich uh, down I had Stojkovic as my other option um not surprising that you don't really remember him playing in the Premier League as apparently he only made six appearances for Wigan. Um, so <laughs> and probably some of those weren't even in the Premier League. I do kind of remember him. I think probably I remember si- seeing him play for Serbia in international tournaments and maybe against England over the years um, in qualifying or in friendlies. But yeah, Begovic was the option I remember. And I mean, even when you look at Stojkovic, like he's had quite a good career. But he hasn't really played at that like I said Begovic played at that top level and has done for many years mm-hmm. Stojkovic most of his appearances have come sort of in the Serbian league and stuff which obviously isn't you know one of the European top leagues you know it's not Serie A it's not La Liga it's not the Bundesliga so yeah I think in terms of sort of consistency at the top level uh, Begovic like you said was was the better option So that was that was pretty pretty quick again. <laughs> um, <laughs> I like those ones. Yeah, I mean, it's weird to think that in other weeks we've had so many options for the goalkeepers, um, but then the past couple of weeks we just haven't. Um, how did you find right back the sort of infamous position? Um, I was pretty happy at right back because um, it was well two very good options. Let's say um, 
the the one I eventually went for uh, was another Chelsea player in yes. Branislav Ivanovic. That is one. I mean, we, we mentioned with the uh, Spain team we did a few weeks ago, um, like Aspilicueta um, being like a, a, a decent right back for, for Chelsea and, and left back. Um, but Ivanovic was kind of the, the mainstay for them for a lot of years post uh, like Paolo Freire, uh, Bosingua sort of era. Um, I think he spent almost a, a decade in the Premier League um, at, you know, championship winning teams. Uh, Chelsea won three, three Premier Leagues, three FA Cups. Um, it was there when they won the Champions League, Europa League. Um, and he got into a couple of Team of the Years as well, which when you think of, of other right-backs that were around at the time, um, you know, such as Carl Walker, um, yeah, probably still bossing boss would challenge him for, for a start in place. It's um, yeah, pre- pretty uh, pretty good achievement to to find out, find your way into a Team of the Year anyway. Um well over 100 caps for, for Serbia. 13 goals as well, which is uh, a pretty decent return for someone who's probably more renowned for their defensive side. I don't see him as, as a sort of, uh, you know, maraudering right back in a way, Ivanovic. Um, yeah, I don't know. He had, like, I always remember him having a goal in it. Um, mm. He did play centre-back as well, didn't he? So... For yeah. me, in my head, most of the goals he scored were probably like set pieces. Like yeah, him. yeah, yeah, yeah. He had some height on him, yeah. didn't he? So yeah, yeah, he was, he was, he was a decent, decent header. Um, so yeah, like the the other option I had was very good, but Ivanovic was better. So that's that's who I've gone with. Yeah, I mean, I I went with Ivanovic. Um, there were potentially some other players who could play there. Um, potentially even one that. Was maybe I don't know. There were quite a few players I found in, in like the sort of right back, centre back positions that maybe could play other positions. And Ivanovic was one of those. Like I could have considered him at centre back, mm. um, but I decided to go for right back because I think we spoke about him as a right back. I think probably some of his best performances for Chelsea were at right back, um, yeah. and I, I didn't think there were a load of other options there. I mean, I'm interested to see who you, um, who your other option was. Uh, it was veteran Chorluka. I thought it might have been. So Chorluka yeah. was one of those that I had uh, down as potentially a centre-back option. Mm-hmm. Um, if I was considering him as a right-back against Ivanovic, though, I would still go for Ivanovic, I think. Yeah. Um, the only other name I had was one that wasn't um, a name I sort of recognised. Um one of those ones where I'm sort of digging around looking for options, and oh wow, this person played for a, a, a couple of um, couple of a couple of teams, and and that was uh, Boris Zivkovic, who was Boris Croatian. Zivkovic. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I mainly included because I know you love handball, and apparently <laughs> there's a famous handballer with the same name. And it's not the same guy. Uh, apparently not. I'm not. Wow, that's that's. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I did try and check to see if it was the same guy, but I assumed it would tell me on his Wikipedia. But there were two separate Wikipedia pages, so I thought that was a good little, a good little, um, you know, nugget of information there. Um, but yeah. this guy was apparently he did play for Portsmouth um, and didn't play a lot for them, but he did um, play for that Bayer Leverkusen team uh, mm. that reached the 2002 Champions League final, um, yeah. and he did play uh, almost 40 times for Croatia. So, you know, clearly a, a decent player, but. You know, not Ivanovic, who really should go down as a Premier League legend. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, I, I don't know whether it's um, from from maybe his time with, with Portsmouth or, or Croatia, but I, I did have Zivkovic down as a left back. 
Well, um, he probably was, to be fair. Yeah, I, th- I think <laughs> this year mixing up right and left again. Um, yeah, yeah I, I think he was he was pretty versatile. Um, I mean, you, you you kind of have to when you you're playing for Croatia when you you've got a lot of defensive options, as I'm sure we're going to talk about. Um, but yeah, I, I seem to remember him being. Um, yeah, he could could have been a right back, could have been a left back, but he, I considered him for a left back because I think he maybe had more of a, a shout of being in there. So um, yeah, I've definitely considered him, but not for right back. I mean, Shaw Luka was the the Croatian right back that really came came to mind there. Um, played a little bit later than Jivkovic. Um, yes, but yeah, the, yeah. Also, another player who's got over 100 caps, um, which when you consider Croatia being, I mean, they qualify for pretty much every tournament, don't they? They were a mainstay from the European sides. Obviously, played in the uh, the World Cup final uh, 2018, which was their biggest ever achievement. Um, don't know how they got there. I mean, um, yeah. But yeah, so uh, yeah, it, it was. Um, yeah, I think I'd, I'd probably put Chaluka on the bench as well, given his versatility. But then again, that that may be uh, something that you could argue against with with other other defenders for centre back. Yeah, I mean, like I said sort of segueing nicely into conversations about centre-back. Um, Choluka was one of, I think, so basically we've spoken in the past couple of weeks about how centre-back you have one, you often have one name that you're like, well, he's definitely going in. And then you're <laughs> like, well, who can go with him? That was the same for me. And yeah. Choluka was one of the like standout options for me. And well, maybe he could go with my, you know, um, my obvious choice, who's definitely going in. Um, you know, I thought Chaluka had, like like you said, a really good career, over 100 caps. Um, played over 150 times in, in for Premier League teams for Man City and Spurs. Mm. Um, I kind of forgot a little bit that he played for Man City before going to Spurs. Um, but he had a really good career outside of England as well, over 470 appearances in total. So a significant amount of his career outside of England. Um, so I thought he was a pretty good option to go in at centre-back alongside... The obvious option, who I hope is was for you, it was a similar thing of the obvious option being Nemanja Village. Who's that? Yeah, I mean, I'd never heard of him either. Yeah, I hadn't when we signed him. Yeah. But... <laughs> or as some yeah. people called him wrongly, Nemanja Vidic. Yeah. Chronicles of Vidic. <laughs> um, no, Nemanja Vidic, I mean, for a start, let's just say some of the best chants of all time are about Nemanja Vidic. I love the what's that coming over the hill? Is it Nemanja? Is it Nemanja? Yeah. <laughs> um, that's one of the best ones. Um, 56 caps, which actually, when you look, that Ivanovic made 105 caps. It's quite yeah. surprising. Um, but obviously known to us for his Man United career, um, where, I mean, he was part of a centre-back partnership that in my eyes was at the time the best centre-back partnership in the world. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. And arguably is the best centre-back partnership in Premier League history. I think there's some good arguments there um, you could make about, you know, other centre-back partnerships, especially sort of in the 90s. But that they complemented so well, each other so well, um, Vidic and Ferdinand. And, and lasted long as well, which is something you don't always see with yeah, uh, partnerships like that. A lot of really good centre-backs kind of out of... You know, you think about PK coming through at United and not getting a look in because mm. you had Vid- Ferdinand Vidic. Um, he re- Vidic really goes down as one of the best Premier League centre backs of all time, um, and that's not. You know, I know oh Man United bias. I don't think that's Man United bias. I genuinely think that's true. Um, mm. He had a bit of everything. 
so tenacious, so aggressive, so good in the air. Had a goal in him as well. Um, was a great captain, really driven, great mentality. But he could play as well. Like, he wasn't, you know, oh, he he's on the ball, get him to give it to Ferdinand and Ferdinand will bring it out. Now, Vidic could spray a pass around as well. Um, 300 appearances for Man United, 21 goals, five Premier League titles, three League Cups, one Champions League, one Club World Cup. Um, apparently, he got two Premier League Player of the Years, which I was a bit surprised about. Maybe is, is this like a Valma Relish type thing again? Possibly. Is it? Where is like, I mean, I know, he got I, it on I default. Remember, <laughs> I think I remember him getting one, mm. but I, maybe one was like a, a football writers or something. Yeah, but yeah. I don't know. But you know, at at some point he was he got two Premier League Player of the Years, um, one Man United Player of the Year, um, various sort of. I think he was in four PFA Team of the Years, which isn't surprising. But the fact that it's not surprising just shows what a good player he was. Um, yeah, obviously a bit of a shame that his career kind of tailed out with injury a little bit. But I think by that point he was sort of in his mid thirties, so he had a very long time at the top. And um, yeah, for me, it was a really, really obvious choice. Yeah, yeah. So your 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 partnership is is Vidic and Choloka, Then is that who you've you've gone for? Yes, but I will be willing to um, think about other options with Choloka because I wasn't really a hundred percent convinced by it. <laughs> okay, so yeah, I, I I did mention that Choloka is is my my bench option, and that's because I've gone for alongside Vidic. I mean, that was that was nothing I could really argue about there. Um, I've gone with Stefan Savic. Who we have um, talked about previously. Who I spoke about previously and I think made a boo-boo in saying that he went to Sevilla and won the Europa League and he didn't. He went to Atletico Madrid and won the Europa League. So there's a um, correction from any listeners who care. Uh, <laughs> I thought only yeah, Sevilla I mean, were allowed to win the Europa League. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Sevilla let them win that one. Um, yeah, I mean, he didn't spend long in, in the Premier League, uh, you know, one, one season with City, but did actually win it in that time. Um, only 52 caps for Montenegro, but then you look at them and you think, well, they're not a team that qualifies for anything. I don't think they've, they've reached any finals yet. Um, so, you know, he's probably missing out on a, on a few appearances there. But yeah, he, you know, uh, in terms of the, the other options I had, including Chorluka, I, I mean, I, I looked at his versatility, uh, versatility as well. I thought Savage was, was a bit of a standout against players such as like Dejan Lovren, um, Slavin Bilic, Igor Stimac. Um, no one has kind of really come close to Savic's level um, at like club level. I mean, Lovren's obviously won the Champions League with Liverpool. Um, Did but he? It's kind of, yeah. I mean, like when, when you look at their other defenders, you know, I mean, obviously Van Dijk, Matip, Gomez, he's probably fourth choice really, isn't he? I mean, like... Let's yeah, be honest, the only person that thinks that Dejan Lovren is a world-class centre-back is Dejan Lovren. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, I, I really couldn't consider him above Savage as much as he'd like me to. Um, Bilic was a little bit before my time. I don't remember him too much. For, him. for me, he's a manager. Yeah. Um, yes. And I don't think he was... I mean, look, looking back through like his, his track record and stuff, he only had 44 caps for, for Croatia. Um didn't really do much in the Premier League. Then again, he wasn't at a club where he could really do that much in a way. Um, so, yeah, it was, it was hard to, to sort of compare that to Savic, who came in for like a season in the Premier League and, and, and won it. Granted, it was with City, but yeah. Um, 
yeah, Steam match was it was another you know, 50 caps, a few years in the Premier League. It's yeah, it, it was it was difficult to really decide who could sort of challenge Savage in my mind, other than Chorluka, who I think is probably the the best option for versatility wise to be be my my bench. So Savage is who I've, I've gone with um, for for my partner for for Vidic, the obvious starter. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a good argument for Savage because I think although he was only at City for that one season and he wasn't, you know, an ever-present by any stretch of the imagination, he then went on to play for Fiorentina in Italy and then, like you said, for Atletico. So big clubs there. You know, he's made a lot of appearances, um, over 300 appearances in his career, still playing. Mm. Um, So he's obviously been at the top, you know, in top European leagues for a lot of his career, which... Maybe when you're talking about Chorluka, it isn't quite the same. I know Chorluka played for Leverkusen as well, but I think he spent a lot of his career in Russia with uh, Lokomotiv Moscow. Yeah. So potentially that's the argument, I think, for having Savic there instead, is that um, he's played at the sort of top level for for longer and for more of his career. Um, I had Lovren and Bilic down as well. Like you said, Bilic, a bit before my time. Um, I think in my head, he was part of that... um, Croatian team from 98 which yeah, I think I kind yeah. of romanticised a little bit because I was yeah. like quite it's around the time I first started watching football and mm. I'm like any Croatian player who played in 98 was clearly amazing um, yeah. and I, when I sort of looked up Bilic I was like oh maybe he wasn't as, as good as I thought he was and I was never going to put love on him I'm really sorry but it wasn't going to happen so yeah I mean I think I, you know, I, I'll be in. I, that's an area where maybe I would go with you and go with Savage over Chorica. Um But those two were probably my main options, definitely for um, uh, being Vidic's partner. Yeah, was there, was there anyone else who you sort of came to mind, or the only other that... name I had was um, the player that I called Stefan Savage Part Two, or um, <laughs> version, two, which is Matthias Nastasi. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> I think I think basically Savage City bought Savage, had him for a year, sold him to Fiorentina and bought Nastajic from uh or Nastajic. I think it's Nastajic. I don't know. From um Fiorentina. Um he did play for a bit longer mm. in the Premier League uh, for them, but hasn't gone on. I think he plays for Schalke now. Uh, hasn't gone on to do as much as uh, Savage has. Yeah, I, I, the, the only other one I really considered um, was a bit of a Boateng, um, and that's uh, Stefanovic. Was it oh, yeah. Yeah, um, clearly not anywhere near the, the level of the players we've been talking about, but was a mainstay for you know a, a Portsmouth team which which came up and, and solidified their place in the Premier League. So he, he, was, um, yeah, he played, played a lot for them. Uh, I think he may have been captained in them for a few years. Yeah, he um, was part of that. Was it Dezeu? Was that Dezeu? He played with Dezeu at centre back. Um, maybe, and then maybe also Paridison, that sort of generation yeah. of Portsmouth. Um, I but yeah, so he, yeah, I, I, I thought I'd um, mention him just for his, his Premier League uh, status. <laughs> so, what about left back? You mentioned earlier that you felt there weren't a lot of options at left back. Who did you yeah. go for? The, the the standout one I think it was a bit sort of like goalkeeper really you, you had yes. some who've got a few caps and done this and that but no one stood out anywhere near as far as uh, Alexander Kolarov yeah 
Um, yeah, Serbian, Man City, uh, seven seasons in the Premier League, 90 caps, two Premier League titles, an FA Cup, two league titles. Um, surprised that he didn't get into a team of the year, maybe? Um, he was very consistent for, for City for a lot of lot of seasons. Um, and yeah, I, I mean, he could even play left wing if, if you needed. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, solid, solid player for a very consistent, solid Man City team. Um, I think he maybe even was, was maybe one of their first, like, bigger, like, when they basically sort of realised what they could do with the money that they had. Yeah. Uh, to put a decent team together rather than just buying random players. Um, I think he was definitely... He was clearly look, looked at, at, at being a good player for the team rather than just being a, a standout because he had a, a few good games for Real Madrid at some point. Yeah, I mean, I think he was definitely part of that sort of generation of City players, wasn't he? With with Silva and with Torre and those players mm. who... Um, Yaya Torre, that is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> who kind of came in and really sort of pushed City to the next level to being title challengers. Um, he had, you know, a great left foot as well. Um, dangerous from set pieces. Uh, c- contributed, you know, I think a fair amount of goals during his, his career. I have done that he made, he's made 556 appearances, 57 goals in total. So that's not a bad return for a left back. Um, and, you know, obviously he has had a successful career in, um, in uh, Italy with Lazio and Roma as well. Um, yeah, he was who I went with, considering that there weren't a lot of other options. I mean, the best option I could come up with was um, Kalasinac, yeah, who um, is obviously currently at Arsenal and is a bit unfortunate. He has a bit of an unfortunate record, Kalasinac. Um, he has the fastest own goal in World Cup history. Um, yeah, in the 2014 World Cup against Argentina. So, if that's your claim to fame. <laughs> it's not the best. Yeah, it's he, not he the, sees that play. He thinks probably going to score me. an own goal rather than a real one, isn't he? <laughs> yeah. For me, I think that Zivkovic's claim to fame of having a famous handballer with the same name is better <laughs> than that. You know. So yeah, um, not really a lot of competition for Kolarov. Uh, the only other name I had was the only uh, North Macedonian player to make my list, which was Goran Popov. Who played 18 games for West Brom? So, you know, <laughs> that not happened. a great place to fame either. <laughs> was there anyone else that you had sort of down as a uh, down as a left back? I, I had someone who was a bit versatile, and that was um, Goran Benjevic, who played for Tottenham for a little while. Um, I think he, he was kind of mostly a left back, but yeah, he kind of passed me by. I remember him being in one of my sticker books. Um, but that was probably about the limit of my knowledge of, of him. Um, but other than that, it was it was pretty uh, pretty tricky considering that um, Robert Yarny, who I think was was a left back when Croatia reached the that '98 World Cup semi, um, did join a Premier League team, but never actually appeared for them, so it couldn't be considered. But I seem to remember him being a, a left back of, of some repute. <laughs> Well, like I said, anyone who played for Croatia in 98 was automatically a good player. Yeah. (laughs) So, centre midfield. One of the areas 
where we have a lot of well i say a lot of we have some names that just just jump out at you i think yeah yeah i, I guess a bit like we had you know in uh, center back um where there you know there was one name in particular <laughs> you just go well that person's automatically getting in um so i've gone for a center midfield partnership of very unsurprisingly luka modric mm-hmm. and nemanja matic maybe uh maybe a little bit less obvious uh, nemanja matic but still i think one of the more obvious choices um yeah. modric i mean jesus christ <laughs> um again one of these players who you look i've mentioned it with other players you look at the individual honors list and you just kind of give up because there's so many obviously former Tottenham Hotspur player 159 appearances for Tottenham uh, 17 goals moved to Real Madrid uh, where he's made 338 appearances 22 goals he's won La Liga he's won uh, four Champions Leagues um, he's won the Ballon d'Or probably the only player who isn't Cristiano Ronaldo or Lionel Messi to win the Ballon d'Or in the last like 10 years yeah so it's like Kaka probably <laughs> yeah which you know is almost makes winning the biggest individual prize in club football even more significant yeah the fact yeah. you've managed to break that sort of like complete dominance by those two players um two La Liga best midfielders one Spurs player of the year various team of the seasons eight Croatia player of the years which some of the other nations on this list no offense that might not be that significant but you think about the players Croatia have you know Rakitic and um uh, Perisic and some, you know, some of the other players, uh, Mandzukic. Yeah. You know, it, it, eight of those. It's quite impressive. I mean, you'd have thought at some point someone would have gone. Maybe we don't give it to Luca this year. Maybe like the other guys stand a bit of a, ch- you know, give the <laughs> the other guys are all right. They may not, maybe not at his level, but we should, you know, give them a bit of acknowledgement. No, no, just give it to Luca. Um, <laughs> easy choice. Uh, but the one I want to mention, the one thing that Luka Modric. I'd say one, uh, and I remember this distinctly at the time. When he, six months after joining Real Madrid, Luka Modric was voted by um, people apparently um, <laughs> the league worst signing of the year, and I've just written it after after this slow claps. So yeah, what idiot! Like, okay, maybe he took a little while to settle in at Madrid, but. I remember reading that at the time and going, well, we'll have him. I'd watched him <laughs> for Tottenham. And he, like, he is one of those players that he's like that position that I just love watching those players because mm-hmm. he's so technically gifted, such great vision. A lot of what he does isn't necessarily that eye-catching. Mm. He may, I mean, he, he, I'm sure he can play brilliant crossfield balls like Paul Skulls, but a lot of it is touch and move, t- pass and move, you know, two-touch, one-touch stuff. It's great to watch. Yeah, he, he just doesn't stop. He's the brain of the team, isn't he, really? Yeah. Like, he just knits everything together perfectly in the way that, you know, those great players over the years, the likes of sort of Xavi and Iniesta and those players have done. He's been that player for a Madrid team that dominated the Champions League. Mm. Um, and for a Croatian team who obviously reached, reached a World Cup final, beating someone on the way there. I don't know who it was. Um, yeah. Uh, but, yeah. <laughs> absolutely fantastic player um and it's one of the, the like times that i've just enjoyed saying i told you so much 
to random people who apparently voted him as a terrible signing. Um, <laughs> I wish it joined United. Yeah. And I know we were interested as well for a long time. So, yeah, absolutely incredible player. And alongside him, Nemanja Matic, who I can't go on about in such a positive light. <laughs> he but he's still a very United. good. He's still a very good player, and it's not Man United bias. Um, he has just signed a new contract with Man United, um, potentially controversially for an extra three years when he is already like 31, coming up 32. So maybe a bit of a long contract extension there. But he's been in a great run of form recently for Man United after, let's face it, a spell of dodgy form. Um, I think, to be honest he was running to the ground a bit. I don't think, you know, I think at this stage in his career, he's not one who's going to be able to play week in, week out for you. But he's had a really good career. Um, almost 50 appearances for Serbia. Uh, over 100 of, 150 appearances for Chelsea, winning two Premier League titles. Um, he's made over 100 appearances for Man United now. Um, two Serbian Player of the Years. And one PFA Team of the Years. A really good kind of... Uh, defensive option to play alongside Modric who I mean Modric is capable defensively but you give him that bit of freedom I think when you play him alongside Matic so mm. it was kind of a tactical decision as well as a decision that well Nemanja Matic is probably the best option um, so yeah that was my centre midfield partnership the brains of Luka Modric and the brawn of Nemanja Matic <laughs> I like that description yeah I it, it. <laughs> it was um yeah pretty, pretty much the same for me um once you have to I mean you have to include Modric let's be honest I mean he, he's literally the best player on this entire list bar none like no, no one else here has come close to a Ballon d'Or let's put it that way um so once you consider Modric and you go yeah he's better playing more more offensively then you kind of just have to look if you're looking tactically a more defensive-minded partner for him and Matic for me stood out more than than anyone else um there's, there's, there was a few options here and I mean we, we might discuss this for, for other positions as well but again it's like a lot of players on a very similar level yes yeah and it, it's like I, I mean I, I could easily change like who, who I just had on like my bench here um and not really feel like I'm missing out on anyone. Like they're, they're all very, very similar standard. Nowhere near Modric. Not enough to be better than Matic yet. I mean, some some may have a career yet to to push on and, and maybe be better than Matic. Um, but yeah, the one the one I went for as like my my first choice backup, which I could easily switch, uh, is Matteo Kovacic. Yeah. Um, yeah, Croatian, being part of that that World Cup team um just in his second season at, at um chelsea um but yeah you know he played, played for real madrid won the La liga won the champions league three times with them obviously didn't play as much there as he did at um as he does at chelsea now um but i think he's a pretty integral part for, for chelsea and I, I really like how he plays um there's there's a lot of time when you you sort of you see him playing um especially last season when they still had hazard and, and he got the ball when you and oh that's Hazard and then you realise it was actually Kovacic. They're very very similar in appearance, but also could do quite similar things when when they've got the ball and a bit of space to to move forward. Um, they they you know he, he, he's a very threatening player a lot of the time. Um, so yeah, that's that's how I went with as, as my my sort of backup here. But I, I could easily switch that for for Nico Cranshaw, who may be a, a bit of a Boateng in terms of his his Premier League and. Uh, you know his stature with with Portsmouth and Tottenham, um, and his relationship with Harry Redknapp. I'm sure he'll sign for whoever Harry Redknapp 
managers next, no matter how old he is. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, a main mainstay for Croatia for for years, eighty odd caps, won the FA Cup uh, with Portsmouth. Um, obviously, didn't win a huge amount else uh, playing for the you know, mid mid table Premier League teams and, and backing backing Croatia. Um, yeah, players like Luka Milivojevic, who's still playing now uh, with Palace, uh, Serbian, thirty odd caps, uh, fantasy gold. Uh, yeah. I like to I like to consider a lot of players when they they do well for my fantasy team. Um, don't think he's ever missed a penalty. Solid from free kicks, as we saw last weekend. Uh, a player that I really like, but I think is maybe sort of hitting hitting consistency in the Premier League at a little bit of a late stage. I think he's pushing thirty now. Um, so yeah, I'd, I'd, he might not end up having the the sort of career that like Matic might do. Um, mm. But yeah, like he was, he was one I, I really considered, um, like as, as a as a backup to Kovacic or Granchar. Um, I, 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 any of those three, I'd, I'd happily put in behind, you know, the the, the players that, I've, that we've put in the, the starting lineup. Um, so yeah, that, that those were my my main considerations. But it was it was easily Modric and Matic to be the partnership uh, on the pitch at least. Yeah, I mean Kovacic was for me the one who got left out. Mm. Um, he's, like you said, he's, he's a bit of a deceit, de- deceptive player because he doesn't get a lot of direct goal involvements. Mm. But he, I think you've seen at Chelsea that he actually kind of behind the scenes becomes quite an important player for them um, yeah. in terms of building play. Uh, he, you know, he, he, you say he probably wasn't as big a part of a Real Madrid team as he is at Chelsea, and I think that's true. But he did make over 100 appearances there. You know, almost 100 appearances for Inter Milan as well. So he spent his career playing at the very top level. Mm-hmm. Um, so he was a really good option and probably the one that, you know, I would have as the back of the first choice backup. Um, but I did have Milivojevic, who, you know, I know he's a player that you often have in your fantasy team as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did have Cranchar. I, I kind of put Cranchar in one of the wider positions just because he could play there. Yeah, yeah. Um, and not as a not as my first choice, but as an option there. Um, the only other name I had, and he, he wasn't anywhere. I don't think even near Milivojevic or Kovacic was um, Robert Corran, who again potentially you. I think he was an attacking midfielder, so you could talk about him maybe as a wider player. But wanted to mention him as he was one of the only Slovenian players that I sort of recalled. Um, yeah. <laughs> and he did he did make sixty caps for them, but. Um, I think spent most of his career in England playing in the Championship. I think I uh, played for West Brom and Hull. I think he yeah. may have had a few seasons here and there in the Premier League, but I think he was mainly in the Championship. But um, uh, you know, a decent little player, but not not at the level of um, of the other ones we've discussed. Yeah, I mean, it mentioned Slovenia. I, I did have um, Milenko Cimovic down. Um, only spent one year with Tottenham. Probably another one I kind of remember from the sticker books. Um, but I look, look back through his career, he won a, an Intertoto Cup when that was um, still a thing. Uh, 70-odd caps, 13 goals. Um, I think he was around when Slovenia actually sort of made, I think they made the 2002 World Cup. And, and it was him and Zlatko Zajevic was like their midfield pairing, which clearly kind of worked for them um, in qualifying. So, uh, yeah, he was he was one that I, I at least thought to represent Slovenia in this because there weren't a few that like there weren't too many options when you look at them compared to obviously all the Croats and, and Serbs who who have played in the Premier League. Yeah. 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 Was was there anyone else who um 
may take that boating role or at least was was worth a consideration not for me not for me unless there's someone that you've you've sort of got written down um eagle beast chan <laughs> i mean i didn't even consider him mate he was so bad yeah he was yeah. part of that liverpool that liverpool team that you kind of just went wait were liverpool supposed to be good yeah. Like Eagle Bishan <laughs> and Jimmy Traore and oh, awful, wasn't it? I mean, it was hilarious, but awful. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a few others who are. I don't want to say they're, they're quite at Bishan's level, but like um, Mo Besic. Yeah. Um, yeah, Vlasic. Um, and I think it was Artem Shakiri who played for West Brom for a small time. Um, my only sort of memory of him was that he scored directly for from a corner against England um, in a qualifier for uh, North Macedonia, who at the time weren't North Macedonia, they were just Macedonia. Um, but like we said, there's um, some nations who don't have a huge amount of representation in this team. So um, yeah, Shakiri is a, a North Macedonian who played in the Premier League and did something. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> maybe maybe put him in ahead of Modric? Well, well yeah, he could, yeah. <laughs> Ballon d'Or, direct goal from a corner, same thing. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so what about uh, the wide midfield positions? Um, this is where we were kind of may- maybe shortest on the pitch. Yeah, um, I so. yeah. I, I don't know whether I've tried to wedge in some players who are probably better in other positions, um, but uh, I've gone for on the right is is Mario Stanic, mm-hmm. who I remember being at Chelsea for a few years. Um, I think he could also play maybe like centre mid, maybe right back. I think he was, he was pretty versatile. Um, yeah, yeah um, 49 caps for Croatia. Uh, won a, a UEFA Cup before they rebranded it. Um, and I think he scored a, a pretty solid goal from nearish halfway against someone for, for Chelsea, which stands out in the mind. Um, so that, that, that was a, a point of note um, that maybe put him above the, the other... I don't say options, option I had. Um, and on the left is someone who has kind of rejuvenated their career a little bit over in Holland. Um, yeah. Kind of maybe more as a number 10, maybe even a striker. He's, he's very attacking in a, a very good Ajax team. Uh, and that's Dusan Tadic, who for me was always a, a left sider for Southampton and another player who, I don't want to say I relied on him, but he, he definitely got me a lot of fancy points during that, that spell where it was like him, uh, Graziano Pella, Sadio yeah. Mane, um, when Southampton were kind of, you know, very, very consistently in the top half of the Premier League. He was um, pretty good for them. Uh, only had a, a, a short spell, really. He was four, four years in the Premier League um, and has obviously gone on to, to better things uh, with, with Ajax. But yeah, 60-odd caps for, for Serbia, 16 goals which maybe suggests that he, he maybe plays a little bit more forward for, for Serbia as well. Um, but yeah, uh, in terms of players who, who definitely have played in the left, on the left wing, then he was uh, better than the other options. Yeah, I mean, uh, those were the two I went for as well. I did originally consider Nico Kranchar. It is one, maybe instead of uh, Stanic, uh, mm. just because Kranchar is sort of fresher in my memory as being, like you said, a bit of a Boateng, someone who's played quite a lot in the Premier League and in England in general. Um, and actually, he played in Scotland as well, didn't he, Nico Um But I, I went for Stanich. It, 
kind of I don't have that many clear memories, but I I think I remember the goal you're talking about because um, mm. I have in my that name. You know, sometimes a name will just be like, oh, he scored some great goals. Yeah, that's kind of what I think when I think of Stanic. Um, so he was who I went for on the right hand side. I did kind of look into it because in my head he was maybe more of a like attacking midfielder. But mm. actually, when I looked into it, he he definitely did. I think for Chelsea, he played a lot on that right hand side. So um, that seemed like a really good option for me. On the left, I went with Tadic. Um, again, you're right, probably more of a number ten. But in this system, we're playing. Um, <laughs> I think you can get away with putting number tens on the on the wings. So I, I don't have a problem with that. Yeah. Um, really, you know, solid career in the Premier League, and then maybe highlighted the difference between the Premier League and the Dutch League by how well he's done in the Dutch League. Um, <laughs> you know, I think 54 goals and 98 appearances for Ajax is quite good. Um, but like you said, maybe he's been playing as a striker over there as well. Um, but yeah, really, really good option. I remember him being linked while he was at Southampton with a couple of bigger clubs. Again, maybe surprising he didn't join Liverpool, considering every other Southampton player <laughs> did. Um, the other options I had for that left-hand side weren't even anywhere near that. I mean, I don't know about you, but I had Zoran Tosic, who made five appearances for Man United. Did seem to have a solid career outside of that, but mainly in like the Russian and Serbian leagues, which mm. aren't at the level of of the Premier League or even the Dutch League, I don't think. Um, 76 caps, though, 11 goals, you know, not to be dismissed, but ne never made it in one of the big European leagues. So for me, couldn't be considered really alongside Tadic. And the other one I had was Milan Jovan Jovanovic. Jovanovic, yeah. Some of these names, I have to get halfway through them before I remember how to pronounce them. Um, <laughs> I mean, he had 44 caps, 11 goals for Serbia, which is a pretty decent strike rate for someone who I think was a left left winger, um, mm. but had, I think, one season at Liverpool where he made 18 appearances. You know, never really did anything. Played most of his career in Belgium, which isn't a terrible league, but again, isn't one of the sort of big leagues in Europe. Yeah, it's about um, the same sort of Russian standard, isn't it? Like, yeah, yeah, so neither of those two were really good enough for me to challenge Tadic. Um, and I would have probably, if Tadic wasn't there would have probably stuck Kranchar in instead of either of those two players. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. I mean, Jovanovic also had the option of, of being a, a forward. I think he got um, a Belgian League top scorer award at some Golden point. Golden Shoe? Golden Shoe, yeah. Um, whatever that is in, in Belgian. <laughs> um, but yeah, there was um, slim pickings, really, for out-and-out for -out wingers, or at least people who are more... Um, yeah, renowned for, for playing out on the wide, I, I, I guess. Mm. Um, uh, I, like you, you mentioned, Jovanovic being at, at um, Liverpool. Uh, Lazar Markovic was another who I remember being at Liverpool and not really doing it. Is he huge still amount. at Liverpool, but just he on may, loan he somewhere? He may and still be there on loan at some team, probably somewhere. Um, I think he came and wore like number fifty for them, so immediately I hated him. Um, yeah, he was a, a winger. Um, the right had a, a few more options, I guess. Um, like Ivica Mornar played yeah, in the Premier League yeah. and was, um, uh, I don't want to say regular, but he, he played a fair bit for, for Croatia that I remember because he was, um, yeah, I remember having a, a, a shaved head and a very menacing look. Um, 
So yeah, I, I seem to remember him. Um, Ognien Coraman, I think, also played for, for Portsmouth um, and played on the right for, for someone. But yeah, it was it was slim pickings when you consider like the the strength of depth that that centre midfield had mm, uh, yeah. in comparison. Finishing up the team with our forwards, um, this was the complete opposite of wing positions, where there were so many names and so many good names as well. Um, mm that I've got a list and I was like, which ones are going to be my honourable mentions? And I was like, well, I kind of have to mention all of them, I think, at some point. So after we've gone through who we're actually going to pick, I might need to just reel off some names. Um, I went for, I think this is a pretty obvious choice. These are pretty obvious choices, but I went for Davosuka, mm-hmm. who maybe, you know, a bit before my time, but like I said, was part and a big part, really the star player of that, um, Croatian team from 98 mm-hmm. and I just you know in those formative years when I first started watching football I just remember that name being like a name to be excited about um, yeah. and to want to watch this player um, obviously he did play in England probably not his best best spells in England um, played for Arsenal and West Ham very briefly obviously played for Real Madrid which I guess is what he's known for mm-hmm. Um winning uh, La Liga in the Champions League there. You know, also played for Sevilla. Well, won various sort of personal accolades, um, including coming runner-up in runner-up in Ballon d'Or, six Croatian player of the years. So not quite Luka Modric's eight, but probably the Luka Modric of the 1990s for, um, for Croatia. Uh, all the other Croatian players going, it's Davo every year, guys. Come on. Um, <laughs> Yeah, Mario Stanis is just shaking his fist. They're just, <laughs> they're just very uninventive. The panel who decided, oh, just, just give it to Davor again. He's pretty good, isn't he? Um, and alongside him, I went for Edin Dzeko, who um, we we remember from being one of those players that came into City and helped them become uh, the club that they are now. Uh, he was never first choice I don't think really there you know I mean when you've got Aguero you know if you're a striker and Aguero is in your also in your team it's kind of just tough shit like <laughs> oh he's yeah he's like one of the best players in the world oh okay but you know Dzeko did well at City um, at 189 appearances 72 goals played a lot for them scored a lot for them won a lot for them two Premier Leagues an FA Cup a League Cup um 653 appearances in total, 290 goals, still playing. He's played in um, three of the top leagues, you know, obviously in the Premier League, in the Bundesliga with Wolfsburg, and now in uh, Serie A with um, Roma. Mm-hmm. Um, it's finished top scorer in the Serie A, finished top scorer in Bundesliga. Um, he's apparently uh, both Bosnia and Wolfsburg's all-time scorers, all-time top scorers, sorry. Um 107 caps for Bosnia, 58 goals. Again, maybe you're going, well, 107 caps for Bosnia. Bosnia probably don't have that many players who are playing at that level. Um, Maybe fair point. But 58 goals, when you're considering you're probably playing for a team that aren't favourites a lot of the time. You know, we mentioned it a little bit with Robbie Keane. He's got a record of better than one in two, Mm -hmm. um, which I think is really impressive. Um, Okay, you know, 
I always wonder with international goal scoring records, sometimes it's like qualification and it's against, you know, as a San Marino and Malta. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, but, you know, I just thought when I looked at the sort of stats and the fact, you know, I, I always thought Dzeko was a good player, mm. um, you know, big, strong target man, but with a bit of, you know, not to bring out the football cliches, but, you know, he's a big man who could play a little bit. Um, did have a good strike on him. I, I, I couldn't really consider anybody else, even though there are a lot of good options. He seemed to me to be the kind of obvious one to go in there alongside Suka. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we said about like uh, Vidic being your, your automatic centre-back. I think Suka was, was the automatic striker here. Yeah. And he was just trying to find a partner for him. Um, whether that's the, the rose tinted glasses of, um, you know, watching the 98 World Cup as like your first tournament and Suka being the top scorer and then ridiculously impressive and... and yeah, I didn't say with him as well. 69 caps, 45 goals. Which, yeah, <laughs> I mean, that's quite good. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you, you, I, I also went with Jekko as, as the partner there. Whether it's a tactical thing, I mean, obviously, being sort of a, a big man, Shuka wasn't necessarily the same size as Jekko, so it could have worked a bit more target man, a bit more finisher. Um, but yeah, I mean, the, the goal ratios might not be quite the same, but he's got more international goals than anyone I've found here, uh, Edin Dzeko. Um, and you, you say about, you know, uh, goal, goals in qualifying being, being against smaller teams, but Bosnia were one of those smaller teams for a long time. Yes, yeah. And, and Dzeko was part of the, the sort of generation with like uh, Begovic, um, Ibisevic, who, who came through and... Yeah, and yeah, put put them into a World Cup, which he'd never really thought would would happen for for Bosnia, um, when they kind of had no one for years. I think maybe Hasan Salahamizic was like their biggest name, um, and he could barely really sort of play for Bayern Munich half the time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, Jek- Jekko was was fantastic in Germany. Won the Bundesliga with uh, Wolfsburg, which again is something you, you don't really think is is going to happen when you've got Bayern. Um, running away with it every every year um so he must be doing something right there um yeah just i i, I really like jecko um and i thought he maybe got a bit of a bum deal being at city where they kind of really play with one out and out striker which is always aguero so um unless you've got yeah. aguero in your fantasy team in which case guardiola decides i'm going to drop it and yeah I'm take him out in 59 minutes and yeah you know <laughs> <Frick>. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so um, it, it, it was Jekko for me over who I've gone for as my, my sub uh, forward. Um, again, this is someone I'm, I'm perfectly happy to, you know, let slide for, for someone else because there was a lot of options here who, mm-hmm. I mean, up, up, maybe up until like five minutes before we started recording, I was still umming and ahhing over who to put I'm here. Still, I'm still not sure <laughs> now. <laughs> I don't know whether this will make up your mind, but ultimately when I compared club form and international form and who they played for I went with Stevan Jovetic as my backup um, again one who, who've had um, a five minute spell with, with Man City and won the Premier League with them um, they seem to do this a lot <laughs> especially yeah. with like Yugoslav <laughs> um, but yeah uh, Jovetic Montenegrin 50 caps, 24 goals. So he's, you know, basically one and two internationally there. 
which I think puts him a little bit ahead of some of the other options who I, I'd looked at, who I, I maybe considered as being more naturally gifted players, but ended up sort of having a much worse return internationally or players who had, did have a decent international turn, but when it came to club form, didn't seem to do a huge amount, whereas Jovetic has been pretty consistent at club form. Um, for like, 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 we, like we've said, teams in top leagues, yeah. um, Jovetic has, has done a lot with with those teams and has kept his scoring rate, really. Um, so that was why I picked him over some of the, the other very, very similar options, basically. Yeah, I mean... For me, Jovetic was on uh, in my list and a very good option. I, I like from a if we're thinking about this as an actual team, I like it because I think Jovetic is uh, is different to Jeko and Suka, mm. um, so he could be a good option to come from a bench. With me, I mean, I'm still struggling not to pick Nikola Zigic, um, <laughs> just because our listeners won't know, but we have an obsession, and I specifically have an obsession with the the video game LMA Manager and the key to LMA Manager especially like in the last one which I think was 2006-7 was just to buy really tall players and Nikola Zigic was really tall so I always signed him um, so he's to be fair to him he had a good career as well it's not just me picking him because he was really tall um, but you know he had quite a good career but not I don't think I, even I can I don't think even I can make a genuine argument for keeping him in. 20 goals, international goals for Serbia was, you know, pretty good in 57 caps. Um, His goal-scoring record at Birmingham wasn't great. We won't talk about that. Only one season in the Premier League as well, so that makes it even worse. Um, He did play for some other, you know, Rathing Santander, Valencia, two Serbian Footballer of the Years, so, you know, maybe. But no, I don't think I can make a case for Zigic. Um, Definitely not above someone like Jovetic, who has, like you said, has been at the top level for um, all of his career, basically. He's a really big teams in there, Fiorentina, Inter, Sevilla, probably won a... I don't think he won a Europa League at Sevilla, though. So he must be that, one of the only players... The that they didn't win it then, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> when um, Atletico won it. Yeah, um, Monaco, where... I think he's at Monaco. Is he at Monaco now? Um, uh, I think so, yeah. So, yeah, some other really good names as well. Um... I mean, I don't know whether, like, uh, Savo Milosevic was one that I kind of remember again from, like, my formative years mm-hmm. of watching football. Um, 102 caps, 37 goals. was You know, not bad. A lot of caps, maybe not the best scoring record, but not bad. Mm-hmm. Um, but it wasn't as good in the Premier League. I think I read that um, even among Villa fans, who he, he made 117 appearances for Villa, he kind of had a bit of a reputation where some of them loved him and some of them hated him. Yeah. Um, like some of them saw him, oh, he's a great talent. And some of them saw him as, like, yeah, I mean, what does he do? You know, um, <laughs> so a bit of a divisive player, perhaps. But, you know, played for some pretty big clubs. You know, Zaragoza, Parma, Espanyol, Celta. Um, a lot of time in Spain, obviously. Uh, some of the other names I had. Uh, one of the ones with a great scoring record, but I just felt you know, unlike Jovetic, wasn't at the top level, was Mitrovic. Yes. yes. Um, who's 34 goals in 55 caps for Serbia. You go, oh, that's, that's almost Davos Suka levels, that. Mm-hmm. But then you look, well, Newcastle, 72 appearances, 17 goals. Fulham, okay, 94 apps, appearances, 46 goals. 
but most of those have come in the championship you know so yeah. quite a few options like that where they just weren't quite you know good players but maybe not at the level of Suka or Dzeko for sure and you're right I think Jovetic probably was the best best option yeah I would probably say so to be be a substitute yeah I mean Milosevic was one of those ones who was really pushing Jovetic I'll be honest Mm. um like you say, his international record isn't that great. There's there's a lot of players here who are kind of a one in three striker, and yes. Jovetic being like a, a one in two, at least internationally, um, it's kind of the the cut above um, a lot of these. Uh, but then Milosevic was was the one who I think was the top scorer in Euro 2000, yeah, um, and looked like he was he was going to be fantastic in the Premier League. And like you say, with, with Villery was um, very hit or miss. Um, which isn't going to endear their fans to you a huge amount. Um, yeah, Zigic wasn't really in my consideration here. The even though, obviously, I, I, I had to include him. I mean, again, he, he's kind of like a one in three internationally. Um, did win the League Cup with Birmingham in his one year with us in, one in, you know, with with in England. <laughs> like one in five. Yeah, so yeah, that, that, that was one who... who yeah, you, you couldn't compare to like Jovetic, who has consistently scored um, at club level. Mitrovic's scoring record is ridiculous for someone who I don't rate at all. Like uh, he, he's a Championship player to me. You put him in the Premier League, he doesn't really do anything. But you put him in the Championship, he, he will score your goals. I think he might even be top of the scoring charts this season in in the Championship. But. Uh, yeah, it, 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 those international goals. I reckon 30 of those 34 have probably come against Lithuania. So it's it's not quite as comparable as like Milosevic, who's you know top scorer in a European yeah, Championships. Yeah. Um, Alan Boxic was another um, who internationally is actually a one in four. He's got 40 caps and 10 goals. That's that's exact. There's no no maths needed for that one. Um, who early 90s was was brilliant. Um, at club level, uh, you know, won won the uh, Serie A twice, won Champions League, um, and yeah, he came to England with Middlesbrough, and he was part of a, a group of, of Middlesbrough strikers who, you, they were all sort of, yeah, you, you liked them, but you, they they weren't like fantastic goal scorers, like um, uh, Job Macaroni, yeah. um, Shiad Nemet, and. Yeah, it was just a, just a bunch where like they they probably between them all score enough goals to keep Middlesbrough in the Premier League, but that was that was it. <laughs> and and uh, Box is a very talented player, but like when when you look at like his scoring record and, and considering for this team we're looking at the best strikers, mm. then uh, yeah, it, it wasn't there to, to sort of challenge even even Milosevic really. Yeah. Um, Eduardo was the other yes. one who yeah. was really in my consideration, um, as opposed to some of the others who I didn't really like. I, I, I thought they would be an option, but not really to, to challenge. Um, but Eduardo, fantastic international scoring rate, really. Um, and probably the only one on this list who um, kind of has no actual Yugoslavian ties. Um, so <laughs> really actually have played for them if they existed properly. Um, being born in Brazil, played played in Croatia for quite a few years, and I think that's where he gained his citizenship. Um, but he was he was good for Arsenal, to be fair, before the uh, infamous injury, and then he mm. just just 
did not recover from that. But he, he started off very well at Arsenal. Um, solid international scoring rate. 64 caps, 29 goals. Um, but, yeah, that injury definitely curtailed his chances of, of getting into this team here. If he can, can continued as he did, mm. if, if the injury had never happened, I'd definitely have been really considering him because he uh, he looked like his, his career was on quite the trajectory after going to he Arsenal. Was a, he was a fantastic talent, wasn't he? I remember mm. when, before Arsenal signed him, um, him being like a name that, oh, you, you, you know, you need to keep an eye on this player. He's a real talent. Um, he'd done really well for the Croatian national team. And I know there was quite a lot of interest in him when Arsenal signed him. He came to Arsenal, looked pretty good, and then that you know there was that injury, and it was quite early in his Arsenal career, wasn't it? So mm. it is a real shame because he was one, like you said, if he if it wasn't for that injury, I think he would have been probably above um, Jovetic as as the backup option, a real talented player, um, you know, lots to his game. I mean, it was a real shame that you know, as happens sometimes, you get you get that injury. Um, yeah, he's one that's also done like really well in those Eastern European leagues, hasn't yes. he? I mean, he, he's kind of won Shakhtar everything with, with Shakhtar, yeah. yeah. Um, but never at the that very top level. Obviously, we know why, but yeah. <laughs> and I mean, I think Croatia generally have quite good strikers. You know, we talked about maybe like a lack of options um, in the wide areas of the pitch. But you look at like most of the names I have down here now are, are Croatian players. You look at the likes of... Nikola Kalinic, who um, was part of that World Cup runner-up squad, didn't really do much at Blackburn, but in his career has 442 appearances, 157 goals for clubs including Fiorentina, Milan, Atletico and Roma. Like, that is pretty consistent at the top, you know, in Serie A, which is, you know, one of the top leagues. You know, maybe not as much as it was in the past, but still a really good level. Um uh, Andre Kramaric, um, who again I remember being pretty poor for Leicester, 46 caps, 13 goals, 349 appearances in his career, 173 goals, including a, like a significant spell in the Bundesliga with Hoffenheim. So mm. a lot of good players there. Klasnic, who was obviously at Bolton for a little bit. Um, there just seemed to be this list of like decent Croatian strikers who. Yelovic. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, who sort of scored, you know, at some point in their career scored goals consistently in a top European league. Um, but, unfortunately for those players, they're just not on the same level as... <laughs> you know, it's one of, another one of those situations, I know we've had it with other teams, where it's like, oh, they, they're a good player, but they're not at the level to get in past some of the names we have in the starting eleven. Yeah, I mean, you, you, you went through like the Croatians, but Serbia have been in a, a pretty similar situation as well. Um, like Matej Kejman. Yeah, uh, it was fantastic in in Holland. Um, I mean, we, we mentioned Arjen Robben um, in our Holland episode, and um, that was that was the the partnership there, wasn't it, for for PSV? Um, and it was absolutely no surprise at all that both of them went over to Chelsea. Um, didn't with, really, so yeah, I, with different yeah. end products. That's, that's yeah, like. yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, that was that was the um, yeah the the difference maker there, wasn't it? But yeah. Um, Again, like you know, 49 caps, 17 goals. Actually, won the Premier League with Chelsea, even though he was only there for for a season. Um, yeah, um, uh, Darko Kovacevic. Yeah. Um, who never actually played for Serbia, but did play for Serbia and Montenegro when um, they were still getting on together. Um, I think he was one who, who may have played played in the um, the the Euro 2000 where, alongside um, 
Milosevic. Mm. Um, yeah, he, he was another one whose international form let him down a little bit. 59 caps, 10 goals. Um, but uh, I seem to remember him having a fantastic spell, I think it was with Real Sociedad in Spain, when they yep. finished like second in the league somehow. It was him and um, Nihat um, had a fantastic partnership going on. Um, and yeah, that, that was like the... Um, you know the, the key part of his career was was that little season there but otherwise was yeah off off the boil uh yeah when you can compare him to, to other players here mm. um yeah there, there was a, a plethora of options there's probably some i hadn't even you know <laughs> mentioned but yeah there was there, there was a, a lot i mean bosco balaban came over to to aston villa um Again, probably didn't do a huge amount, but seemed to have a decent record over over in his home country. Um, yeah, Mladen Petric played over here. You know, there's, there's just <laughs> just a lot of, of um, former Yugoslav strikers coming over to England. <laughs> it does seem like that was the position where, whereas in other positions there were, you know, some a couple of really big names. Strikers, there were just a lot of names. So. Obviously, that's what everyone um, in those countries grows up wanting to be, isn't it? Like, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to be a striker. And, you know, they produce some really good good players. Um, I think we've now mentioned everyone I had listed, which is quite an achievement. I don't think I've ever had that many listed for strikers before. There's, there's one I want to mention who did play in England quite a lot, but only in the second tier, but was a fantastic player otherwise, and that's Robert Pozanecki. Um, fantastic for Croatia, part of that 98 team. Um, came over, I think it was Portsmouth he played for, and I think he was there right before they got promoted to the Premier League and then left. But like week in, week out, he was in like, you know, um, it was probably the first division at the time, but yeah, like, you know, team of the week and, and mm. Portsmouth fans really, you know, look, look up to him as, as one of their star players from that era. Um, and probably a lot of Croatians do as as well, but he never actually played in the Premier League, um, as with Robert Yarny that we, we mentioned earlier. Um, and also Stefa Pletikosa, who was um, Croatia's goalkeeper for absolutely ages and came over for Tottenham, um, who I didn't mention because he obviously hadn't played in the Premier League. But yeah, he's another who, um, just, you know, just, just give him a minute or two and they could be in consideration for this team. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, they're not. <laughs> so when we look at the subs bench then, we kind of goalkeepers. I mean, we don't have a lot of options. Were we going to say Stojkovic as a goalkeeper? Yeah, I'm, I'm happy with Stojkovic uh, instead of Illich. Defenders, I think Choluka. Yeah, yeah, versatile. Versatile. Midfielders, we think Kovacic. Yeah, yeah, I'd, I'd like Kovacic. Um, I mean, Crenshaw's maybe, maybe a little other, bit yeah. more versatile, but I think Kovacic is a level above Crenshaw in terms of ability. Yes, yeah. yeah. Um, and forwards, I think I, you know I'm happy to go with you on on Jovetic. I would if this was LMA, I would go with Nicholas Zigic. <laughs> who, who am I kidding? If this was LMA, Zigic would be in my first. I'd have Zigic and Jacko up front. Like you'd never be <laughs> tallest players in the game. But um, no, yeah, I, I think um, I think Jovetic. Yeah, and, and to also mix up the nationalities a little bit as well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and has been, has been consistent for for some big clubs. Yeah. So I think he's a he's a good option among many good options um, mm. for that position. So looking at the team from from goalkeeper then to striker with the bench. In goal we've got Azmir Begovic. 
We've got a back four of Branislav Ivanovic at right back. Nemanja Vidic potentially is the captain. I'd not argue with him, I'll be honest. Um, alongside Stefan Savage <laughs> with Kolarov at left back. Quite a lot of City players. Yeah. Um, in midfield, on the right-hand side of midfield, we have Stanic yeah. with a midfield of Luka Modric, Nemanja Matic and Dusan Tadic. A lot of Chelsea Obviously. players there. <laughs> yeah, quite a few. Um, and then up front, uh, we have Davos Suka and Edin Dzeko with a bench. Uh, Stojkovic as our goalkeeping option. Choluka as our defensive option. Kovacic as our midfield option. And Jovetic as our forward option. Yeah, I'm happy with that. I I'm, surprised, I'm surprised we agreed a, a, a lot here because, like we said, like strikers in midfield, there was a lot of options. So um, yeah, I'm surprised we we were in agreement agreement for, I think it for was most quite of it. Nice because some of the options. I mean, you know, let's be honest with this team. Um, one of the main reasons, or at least for me, why I was up for doing this team was there were players that I really wanted to talk about <laughs> that we, you know, you, we couldn't have really done a Croatian eleven. Um, because we would have been really struggling in a couple of positions. Yes, yeah. Or a Serbian eleven, because again, we'd have been really struggling in a couple of positions. I mean, so. we wouldn't have a goalkeeper for Croatia, would we? So, like... No. Oh, <laughs> God, no. Who do you... Just put someone in. It's, uh... Bilic, you go and goal. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so it was, you know, those names kind of were just, auto, you know, uh, Modric, uh, Suka, Vidic, Ivanovic, automatic picks um, yeah. that you wanted to talk about. So... I, you know, I've, I've really enjoyed that. And I think it will be, you know, every time we do this, I'm always a little bit, you know, in my head, I'm like, well, France or Spain are going to dominate. But actually, when I look at some of these, I go, well, Vidic, you, could, you know, Vidic up against any other centre-back is going to be a difficult choice, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and Modric, I mean, even, you know, against that Spain team, who could argue that Luka Modric isn't, as good or better player than some of those Spanish players. So I think it'll be really interesting to look at it alongside... I say that every week, but it'll be really interesting to look at it alongside the other teams that we've selected. Yeah, it'll be be interesting for nations like Germany, where obviously we mentioned the the best players they've ever had didn't really come over to the Premier League. Yeah. So whereas like the Yugoslavia's best products did come over to the Premier League, that's quite clear. So it'll be interesting to see how they compare... um, yeah, one one on one really. Okay, well that does it for our um, Yugoslavian eleven. I hope everyone's enjoyed listening uh, to us try and include <laughs> as many different nationalities as possible. With I thought you said try and pronounce the names. <laughs> uh, well, I mean that's every week, mate. Isn't it? Um, what are we looking at next week? I can't remember. Is it my go to choose? It's, what it's we're definitely at? your turn. This one to okay. pick. So uh, I'll let you. Uh... Go ahead. I mean, this has been a difficult one because I feel like we've kind of done a lot of the European options now. Mm -hmm. Um, And we have discussed this a little bit. And one of the big questions is, when you think about big European nations, do we do Italy? And we've decided, I think, not to do Italy. Not because there's not a lot of great Italian players. I think if we were doing Italian players just in general, I think we'd both love that. But yeah. there's so many, even more so than the Germans, so many Italian players who haven't played in the Premier League. You know, he thinks of the likes of Nesta, Maldini, Perlo, Del Piero, Vieri, you know, Buffon. 
there's still some good, great even Italian players who have played in the Premier League. But having looked a bit into it, there weren't so many. So we're not going to do Italy. We'll do an Italy team. um, Maybe we'll just do a general Italy team separate at some point. um, Because I would quite enjoy that. I always was a big fan of Serie A sort of in the 90s, early noughties. But Mm -hmm. um, instead, we're going to bring things a bit closer to home, um, I think. And we're going to look at a country that's very close to your heart, I know, in (laughs) Wales. Yeah. So I think that's going to be really exciting. Um, Obviously, it gives us a reason to talk about, in the same way as we did with Republic of Ireland, a lot of uh, players who spent most of their career in the Premier League. Um, uh, Maybe maybe at United, yeah. Maybe some of them played at United for long times. Who knows? (laughs) Maybe some of them like golf a lot. (laughs) Who knows? I think it'll, it'll be interesting be because um, I think there might be some good mustaches. <laughs> it'll um, definitely be interesting given that we're, we're going to try and do like a, a European Championships. Obviously, Wales were the surprise package of the last European Championship, so it's definitely nice to to honour that because I think there might be a few mentions of that team that could get in. And ag- and again, looking at some of the you know every every I say it every week, I'm always a bit surprised, but I think already looking at some of the players who we have for Wales. You go actually one on one with other players in that position. You know, you might go well Wales. There's no, not going to be any Wales players in it, but actually there are some really good players in there. So I'm definitely looking forward, and I think we'll have a few fun positions where we're kind of scraping, scraping the barrel a little bit, <laughs> putting in someone who maybe, you know, wouldn't get into um, get into many sort of like dream teams if uh, they weren't Welsh. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to that as a, as a nice. Bit of a bit of a change of pace, I think. Um, yeah. As, as well, just to say, we didn't consider we we had a difficult decision of Wales or Scotland, but we went with Wales just because more recently they've perhaps been involved. Um, maybe we'll do a Scottish one at some point. Um, mm-hmm. Who knows? But don't feel left out if you're Scottish. We love <laughs> you. Um, and, and at some point we'll on a you know we'll create a team of Darren Fletcher and. I can't think of the yeah, Scottish it, yeah. players. Uh, Darren <laughs> Fletcher and uh, James Gordon. Baden. Probably Andy Gorham, yeah. Uh, he played a couple of times, right? You know? <laughs> anyway, I, I don't I don't I don't um, so thanks again for listening. Uh, thanks again for listening this week. Um, we hope you'll join us next week for our Wales eleven. Um, hope you all have a great week until then. Thank you for listening. Join us next week.